This week on Texas Tells, we're airing part two of our Bluebell ice cream series. As Bluebell makes its way back onto the market, we'll talk to food safety lawyer Bill Marler about the company's listeria outbreak. You're listening to Texas Tells. I'm Tori Summerman. First, here's the news. The Occupational Safety and Health Administration, or OSHA, fined three Texas-based construction firms for worker safety violations last month. Totaling almost $800,000 among the three companies, the fines are the latest in a long history of construction worker injuries in Texas. The most recent offenses include a temporary worker for Cotton Commercial falling 12 feet from a roof after his employers denied his request for a safety harness. However, the worker may not be able to recover since the construction company that supplied the workers failed to carry workers' compensation insurance. The company, Guardia Construction, was also fined for failure to regularly inspect job sites where their employees worked. In the case of a Houston company employee's serious injuries and an eight-foot trench collapse, OSHA Assistant Secretary David Michaels stated that we've known how to prevent trench collapses for 2,500 years. However, these fines are not shocking when one looks at the worker protection culture in Texas, or lack thereof. Texas's fatality rate for construction workers not only outpaces other states, but the nation at large with a shocking 11%. Texas construction companies are not required to carry workers' compensation insurance, and only 40% do. In response to these developments, Michaels remarked, More construction workers in Texas die on the job than in any other state. Workers are not being given adequate protection. Some Texas consumers are finding that they're being unfairly denied coverage or experiencing higher rates from their insurance company because of faulty reporting. The issue stems from the Comprehensive Loss Underwriting Exchange, or CLUE, a database used by insurance companies to access a customer's claims history. However, the database can often contain misinformation. Over 99 complaints were filed with the Texas Department of Insurance in the past two years because of misinformation in the CLUE database. These mistakes included the wrong customer listed at fault for the claim, a fender bender recorded as the totaling of the customer's car, and claims not being properly closed. Insurance companies can correct these claims once a customer draws attention to the error. However, this policy assumes Texans are aware of clue reports. Consumer Reports released a study on car insurance reviewing 2 million policies nationwide. The report uncovered a pattern of increased insurance rates for non-driving-related factors, including credit scores, level of education, and favorite brands. Consumers with good instead of great credit are paying an average of $214 more a year for their car insurance. In Texas, policyholders are paying an average of $2,000 more a year for their bad credit. Policyholders with a sudden drop in their credit score can be slapped with a rate increase or, in some cases, cancellation of their policies. In these cases, consumers receive only cryptic notices of adverse action. The report also details a process called price optimization used by insurance companies to calculate rates. Utilizing education levels, cell phone carriers, favorite brands, and shopping habits, insurance carriers calculate a price hike a customer would tolerate. Insurance companies justify these non-driving-related factors by arguing that they are indicative of risk. However, consumers are often unaware that these factors are being used against them. While the majority of states allow these practices, states like California, Hawaii, and Massachusetts ban factors such as credit scores and policy price calculations. 
The Consumer Federation of America found in a 2013 study that California's policies towards credit scores and policy pricing saved an average of $8,625 per family since its enactment in 1988. To learn more about the Consumer Reports investigation and to receive information on purchasing insurance, visit www.consumerreports.org. Blue Bell Creamery is back in business and the people of Texas are ecstatic. Celebrating the news via Twitter, Texans rejoice that their little creamery started production last week. It's taken months of training, cleaning, and testing for Bluebell to reemerge on the market, but its debut is limited. Only the Alabama plant, the smallest of Bluebell's facilities, has been approved for production, and consumers will have to wait till mid-September for the products to return. But not all consumers are rushing to get that familiar wooden spoon in hand. After the ice cream company infected an estimated 10 people with listeria earlier this year, the creamery was forced to shut down. Despite its wholesome image, testing by the FDA conclusively linked Bluebell ice cream to the deaths of three people. And in the wake of the outbreak, reports show that Bluebell knew its products contained listeria since 2013, but continued production. Columns in the Dallas Morning News and the Houston Chronicle address the decision that many consumers will soon have to face. Should we forgive Bluebell? In a poll conducted by the Austin American Statesman, 73% of readers said that they would definitely eat Bluebell after the company initially announced the recall. However, after the FDA reports revealed that Bluebell knew about the listeria contamination, only 49% said that they would certainly purchase Bluebell again. Today, we'll talk to food safety lawyer Bill Marler to learn about the steps Bluebell took up to the recall and the steps it can take to regain the public's trust. The FDA website has a list of inspections of Bluebell facilities dating back to 2004. Uh, what do those regular inspections entail, and why wasn't this caught and prevented sooner? If you look at all of the Bluebell inspection reports, and I've looked at every single one of them, um, you can you see a pattern of that are really more environmental problems, things that you know have uh, condensation on the ceiling. Uh, you know, problems with cleaning a, per a particular piece of equipment. Um, those things don't say, you know, listeria risk, listeria risk, but that's what you're worried about. When you see condensation and dripping onto product or you see a uh, piece of machinery that's difficult to clean, those are, you know, increase the risk of listeria contamination specifically because listeria loves to grow in a cool, wet environment. And most of these outbreaks involving listeria are linked to failure to clean machinery. And likely that's exactly what happened here. So there really didn't seem to be a, you know, a consistent corporate policy plant by plant as to what they were testing for. Um, and why they were testing in some areas and not other areas. Um, but now you see uh, Bluebell has found religion, and now they're going to be testing everything, including end product, which arguably they should have been doing all along. Right. So why aren't there 
FDA regulations about this? Why aren't there standards that they should have been following before this? In many respects, that's exactly how the food industry is regulated. It's, uh, especially on the FDA side, uh, it's, it's all voluntary as to how you accomplish not poisoning your customers. And now you will see because of this disaster, and I think from all respects, both from the illness caused by it, but also to the what happened to the company, you're now going to see, you know, much more stringent requirements coming from the FDA on uh, testing in ice cream type facilities. So those reports, how bad is that compared to a large factory? Is this a disastrous report? I mean, you, you mentioned how they weren't properly sanitizing equipment and there was condensate leaking into the food. Is that normal for this large of a factory, or is this actually as bad as it seems? I, I have sort of been the, been the unique spot of probably seeing more FDA inspection reports than, you know, I probably ever should have. <laughs> um, and uh, this is these reports, especially the Oklahoma facility, are some of the worst I've seen by far. Really? Yeah. And they were doing environmental testing and finding listeria consistently, but seemed to do nothing about it. If you're finding listeria on non-contact surface, non-food contact surfaces, that means it's in your plant. And once listeria is in your plant, if it's on the floor, if it's in a drain, you know it's getting in your product. So in a sense, what they were doing is... They were testing non-contact surfaces, finding listeria. They were not testing food contact surfaces because arguably they didn't want to know what the answer was. Mm -hmm. And then randomly they would test the product and find high fecal coliforms, which, and then not figuring out whether it was listeria or some other pathogen, and then appears to ship the product anyway. So many times... If there hasn't been a disaster that wakes everybody up, there tends to be a feeling like it, nothing's ever going to happen to me. And I also think that for Bluebell, more so than probably many food companies, um, you know, they um, are such an iconic product, especially in Texas, um, and so well loved, and you know, and and people were still selling on eBay and Craigslist, you know, buckets of ice cream even after the recall. Yeah. I, I think, you know, some respects, I think sometimes a company like a Bluebell starts to believe their own PR and, um, and they don't create that culture of food safety that looks around the corner. So what can consumers do? I mean, if Bluebell isn't releasing that and the FDA isn't policing it, what, what do consumers do? You know, it's, it's hard to be a consumer um, because you, there's such an incredible level of trust that, you know, the people that are providing you food to you and your family, your children, your, your grandma, um, you know, have safety at the forefront of their minds. So if you could change one thing in the way that Texas specifically handles food safety, what would it be? They, what they're trying to do is protect business interests over consumer interests. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the, you know, anti-lawyer-like 
me, you know, you don't want lawyers suing good businesses. You know, it's only when consumers stand up for themselves against companies and force as much transparency as possible that, you know, we make progress. I mean, that, that we change corporate behavior. You know, Texas can really be, a, could have be a real leader in food safety in the country, uh, but it doesn't. Texas Tells is a production of Texas Watch, a nonpartisan consumer watchdog group based in Austin, Texas. You can find us at www.texaswatch.org. All the music for Texas Tells was recorded in-house by Deputy Director Ware Wendell. <laughs>